Before we get to this week's episode, I want to take a second to tell you about the Glossy Summit. We'll be in sunny Miami from May 21st to 23rd, tackling the topic that's top of mind for most everyone in the industry, the effect of Amazon on fashion and beauty. It will be an amazing conversation on a real clash of the titans. Hear from speakers like Ali Weiss, the SVP of Marketing at Glossier, and Nadia Bujarwa, the co-founder of Dia & Co. And as a podcast listener, you get special access to a discount code, just under Glossy Podcast at checkout to get 10% off your ticket. For more information, visit glossy.co slash events, and I hope to see you there. Barney's doesn't guarantee success. Vogue doesn't guarantee success. What guarantees success is if you actually find an audience that actually loves your product. We've been very slow to change in terms of how technology has impacted our lives. A new social network can pop up overnight and completely change our business model. Hello and welcome to The Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host and Glossy senior reporter, Hilary Milnes, and joining me this week is Deborah Lippman, the founder of her namesake nail polish brand. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Hilary. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. So we are right at the tail end of New York Fashion Week, uh, officially over. How was it? I feel like everyone was saying it was dull this year. Did you really? get that? Yeah. Did you uh, get that perception? It's from never. Backstage? It's never dull. It's never dull for me because it's um, for me when I'm. I did eight shows this week. So mm-hmm. eight shows is um, three hour call time for each show, and then a good three to four hours in a hair and makeup test where you create the look. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even possible for me to think that it's dull <laughs> with that kind of a schedule. It's exciting for me. It's always exciting for me to work with the teams that I work with right. to create a look for their clothing. I mean, I feel so blessed to be part of it. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that process? Like what goes into a nail polish look for, for a runway show? So it all depends on the designer and it depends on the season. Um, and uh, the, the designers that I work with are really like family people that I've worked with for many years. Narcisa Rodriguez, Brandon Maxwell, um, uh, Jason Wu. And Jason Wu up until the announcement yesterday was designing Hugo Boss, yes. so also Hugo Boss. Um, very different, very, very different brands. Sometimes Jason's gray brand, mm-hmm. um, also a very different brand. So a very different aesthetic for that. Um, I say Badgley Mishka, uh, Creatures of Comfort, Kate Spade, where we always do something fun and happy and girly. Oh, sure. <laughs> so all of, the, all of the brands are pretty different mm-hmm. that I work with. Um, so they have a different aesthetic. So for me, it's, um, you know, it's not, it, there, there are always opportunities to do different things with the nails. Right. And so, and when did you start working with, with designers? Was that always part of the brand since the beginning? Uh, well, it was part of the I was doing, I was working with designers before I made a brand, mm-hmm. um, but it was never my plan to make a brand. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a professional singer. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I became a, a mani- I became a manicurist as a waitressing job because mm-hmm. I couldn't waitress at right. all. <laughs> so this whole thing happened as kind of a very happy accident. And uh, when I started working on fashion shows, in the beginning, I had no say whatsoever in the creative. Mm-hmm. I would just listen to what they would say. They would talk about the clothes. They would talk about the hair. They would talk about the makeup. And then um, I think my aesthetic just grew from being part of these families mm-hmm. and doing it every year. And then eventually I started speaking up and going, well, I think maybe the nail could go a little further away from this. And if you're doing, you know, so depending on the season, it depends on the clothes. It depends on how much is going going on. I think, um, you know, we've gone through simpler times in terms of what our hair and makeup are. I mean, sometimes I'll 
really, it's almost like watching paint dry, watching the hair that looks like you just got out of bed, but it's very important to the designer whether the bend is right at the neck or whether it's right below the neck at the scapula, whether it's going to move or not move, whether there's one tiny piece in front of the ear or whether there's a chunk in front of the ear. And then, you know, depending on how simple the hair is and how strong the makeup is, lets me know where I can go with the nail. If it's if if it's all super strong up here, I want to keep it simple with the nail. Um, I might be able to push a little bit and have a toenail, have a sexy toenail, but sometimes it's just not right. And sometimes it is right. If this is all a bunch of nothing, then it's about a nail, like a creature's a comfort. We did crazy nails, um, but the makeup was super, super simple. And then, and the hair was really, really simple. So I try to pick, you know, I see if two things are going on the face and hair, then I know I'm going to go simple. Um, if nothing is happening up here, then I know that it's an opportunity to to have some fun somewhere. Right. And so as your role kind of became more vocal backstage working with designers, do, would you say that that was just your insight that, that led that uh, as an opportunity for you? Or was it overall designers were working more collaboratively with the, with this uh, crew backstage? I don't know because I don't work with other crews. Right. <laughs> so I only know for me that when I felt confident, when I felt confident that I had something to say, um, that was when I started speaking up mm-hmm. and would have st- the stylist is also a big part of it. Um, having people, Oh, that's a, that's, I didn't think of that. That's an interesting idea. So, um, a lot of stylists don't really think about the nails. Right. And so, um, I had to kind of push them a little bit more to the front mm-hmm. uh, because that's what I love. Right. And and as we're watching the runway shows and fashion week become much more consumer facing, do you think that the importance of the overall look, including the hair and makeup in the nail with the design within the designer collection, how it complements it became more important to, to be considered uh, since it's not only the, the buyers and editors watching it's people on social media. Yeah. I think that the designers really still like the older school designers really try to be true to what they have always done, which is choose the right look for their collection and not really think about, okay, she's going to want to buy this and she's going to want to buy the whole look. They, I think that the tried and true designers really are tried and true to that. And then I think some of the younger designers coming up really see that, you know, we want it, we want it in the moment now, and we're going to give it to them, and we're going to go direct to consumer with this and make everything available. Um, so I'm, I see both sides of it. I mm-hmm. see both I see both sides of it. And what about for your brand um, itself? Do you, I know you do red carpet looks as well, a lot of, a lot of celebrity work. What, um, yeah, what do you think? we're in the middle of award season. Yeah, you know, I know. On it's top of exciting. <laughs> Busy time of year. <laughs> what, what for you is a bigger, um, like, boost for the brand or, or what do you, what's, uh, what's in it for, for the brand? I have this, I have this two-sided brain. I have the brain that is the brand brain. And then I have the brain that is the right for the moment brain. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately for my husband and my brother, who are my partners, this is the brain that wins the one that is right for the creative moment. Uh And I think that's also the key to my success is that I really stay true to, I'm not going to try to throw one of my spring colors on you because it's one of my spring colors. Mm -hmm. This season I've been working with Alice and Janney and she plays, uh, um, the mother of, of Tanya Harding. Mm-hmm. And so she spends a lot of time on the ice and she smokes while she's on the ice and her ashes go down. And so like she 
there are seen there are things where like the skates move and the ashes get all black and it's black. So we created a black ice manicure for her oh, wow. for one for the uh, I think it was the globes and it was Swarovski crystals over black nail polish and she named it the black ice manicure and it was like it really had to do with the film it had to do with it went with what she was wearing it was you know um it's you would never think that all these thoughts go into it normally I don't want one of my clients to be holding an award and their nails show up before the award why not because I want the, you know, it's their moment and I believe that it should be about the award. And in this situation, I discussed that with Allison because I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure you're going to win. And I don't know if I want a black nail with, with rhinestones being the first thing that we see because we will see a black nail. And she was like, I want to do it. I want to do it. And I'm like, all right. So just so you know, this is, to me, it's a precious moment and it should be about the award. But you would think that you'd be like, yeah, show off the nails. Yeah, show off the nails. <laughs> but yeah, my husband and my brother wish that I would be, yeah, right. show off the nails. <laughs> but um, yeah. And I, your husband and brother work on the brand. They with you are my partners and bosses. How'd that happen? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, don't nails. show the nails. <laughs> don't show the nails. I'm like, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I just feel like, you know, the nails should be perfect. But I feel like in that moment of holding an award, I want it to be about the award. Right. Um, but in, and so it just depends on the person that I'm working with and how, um, how colorful or flexible they want to be or how far they want to go with their, with their nail look. And, uh, Allison's really experimentative, which is fun. Mm -hmm. And so I always have to give my, you know, let's go the nude way speech because, (laughs) because I feel like that that's something that's appropriate for award season, unless you're in the Grammys. Um, but this was really fun. Mm -hmm. It was really fun and it was appropriate for the film and for the character that she played and it, and it made her feel great. The other thing is, is that, as that your hands are in front of your own face all the time. So once your hair and makeup is done, your your dress is on, you have a certain feeling, but as you're out there on the red carpet or whatever your hand, you're talking, your hands are there. And so this is a reminder, could be a reminder of who your character is or who you want to be or who you want to be reminded that you are on that red carpet and not necessarily just matching your dress. Right. And as, so speaking of fun nails, those, those trends that you're seeing, um, social media has played such a big role in beauty in general and, and with nail tutorials, that type of inspiration, are you, like, how has your brand embraced that? Well, I'm really known for the perfect nude, um, nothing manicure. That is really my, my main expertise. Of course I do Lady Gaga, so I do the crazy, crazy Mm -hmm. and as well. But, um, I think that the first thing you have to do is a, as a perfectly groomed manicure. So we, um, really stick to the importance of doing our five star. We call it our five uh, our five step manicure that makes it very simple. It's a waterless treatment, um, so that your cuticles are perfect, your nails are filed perfectly. Because nothing is going to look good if you haven't started with the foundation. It's like your skin. Like don't bother doing makeup if your skin is in bad shape. It's not gonna. You have to start with the foundation. Mm-hmm. So um, I really start there, and then everything grows from there. Right. And so and people have latched onto that online, yeah. would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so to take us back to when you first started the brand, you mentioned it was a little bit accidental. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if you had been starting the brand today, what would be different? What was it like when, what was this landscape? Set the oh scene. Oh my gosh. When I, when I start, when I started, I worked in a salon in Bergdorf Goodman and it was, you know, real, if for those of you who don't live in New York, it's one of the fanciest stores in the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the clients that came into the salon were like ran fortune 500 companies and they knew everything about everything except nail care. 
like they didn't understand nail care. They would hand me a bottle of, of a nail polish that as a base coat that had formaldehyde in it as their base coat that was going to go right in their nail plate. And then they would say, you know, with a bit of an attitude, I certainly hope the polish you use here at the salon is formaldehyde free <laughs> over and over and over and over and over again. And uh-huh. I was like, wow, there's a disconnect. People don't understand. So I was like, there's really some, some learning and some education to be given to, to, well, women, especially a luxury woman in this case. Mm-hmm. And then she went down into the department store and she could only buy a couple of things for her nails. She couldn't buy everything for her nails. So we were really the very first um, full nail line in a luxury store. Uh-huh. Now there's a zillion of them. Right. <laughs> so it was a completely different landscape. I mean, it was a completely, completely different landscape. And, and how has your brand evolved as these competitors have come up? Um, I think, um, we've had to, uh, you know, one of the, one, one of the most painful things I had to learn as an entrepreneur is that people from other brands take your polish and make the same color Mm. and then charge like $2 for it. Mm. Um, so one thing that's been great about the internet and social is like dupe or is this, is this the real color? Is this the first color or is this the dupe of, and very often now people really know that I was maybe the first to put glitter on the on the, on the market. And now you can buy colors similar to mine for, you know, a dollar, whereas mine is 20. But you also, I think that women don't know that there's a difference in formulas Mm -hmm. in, uh, in nail lacquer. And we really work to take all of the bad ingredients out and infuse, not leave a hole in the formula, but infuse the formula with beauty treatment ingredients that are good for your nails, good for your skin. Um, but that seems like it's more important to customers today, knowing what's in the products that yeah. they're using. And nobody, nobody knew. People didn't know there was a difference, mm-hmm. you know. So how they never knew because nobody ever told them. So mm-hmm. it wasn't their fault. So we had a, a, a really good opportunity, and and it's one that I I spent a lot of time on HSN on Home Shopping Network, where I get the opportunity to really educate. How do you file your nail? properly of course we have it on our website and um lots of other people's websites as well Mm -hmm. but we really get that um opportunity to show if you're filing incorrectly that could be why your nails are breaking all the time Mm -hmm. it's as you know things that you just wouldn't even think about that are so simple that we do to our hands all the time that cause them to be problematic right um so we just sort of look at i really listen a lot to my customers I listen, I listen to her. I don't follow any trend books in terms of color. That comes from the designers that I work with straight on. That works from the fact that I work on uh, fashion campaigns and do the nails in half the beauty ads that you see on, in, on the counters. Mm-hmm. So I hear from every photographer, every designer, what they're seeing. I've never bought a trend book in my life. So um, everything comes from my gut and what I'm hearing from my customers. Right. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you're speaking to the customer where you like find out because I'm sure it's it's interesting beat that like the where nail trends are going like does she know you feel like you have to know what she wants though before she actually knows that she wants it right well sometimes I mean I think that's what advertising has always done uh-huh. they've told you what you want mm-hmm. and so in a way you know if I'm doing a nail um, and I find that I work with you know five different photographers and they all want a similar shape in nail and they all want a similar color in the nail or they're feeling more gray than beige you know it used to be only sheer pink if you were doing a nude nail now our nude spectrum has gone from just being sheer pink to being beige then it went to mauves then it went to grays and so we have this like it's just nudes are now a whole category that's 
that's huge. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I, I watch, I'm obviously on my phone looking at social all the time, like all of us, and we're all going to get, um, probably arthritis and yeah. bad necks yeah. <laughs> from doing it, not to mention run over by cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I look to see what she likes, you know, in terms of what she likes on my, on my page and on other people's pages. Um, and, um, but I still just really like to go with my gut. Mm -hmm. I really like to go with my gut. And I hope that, you know, I hope that I'm a, at a certain place in my career that she trusts me that this is the way to go and to try it this way. And, um, cause I feel like we're at a time where customers are calling a lot of the shots, yeah, especially like, in beauty. They're so, you know, ready to be free and do their own thing. And I think that that's a great place to be. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I mean, I'll be honest that, you know, after the glitter trend happened and it became so oversaturated, it was so crazy, crazy oversaturated. I thought, oh my gosh, I think people are going to go back to nothing mm -hmm. on their nails. And they didn't, they just went back to anything goes right you know whether it's whether it's a beautiful perfect nude or whether it's a red or whether it's a gray or whether it's a green everything goes and you don't have to match your fingers to your toes and you don't have to change your nails every day and um you know you can layer colors to create your own um i think women are really taking ownership and enjoying the fact that they can create something that is just for them mm -hmm. and when you're working with a brand that's so personal with that, with how it relates to the customer, how do you make sure that you're, you're still staying true to where you saw the brand being when you started it? Um, I think, you know, you move around when you, when you start something, mm -hmm. you know, you start something and I mean, I still find my education part really important. I'm still trying to create more products that make it easier for women to groom their nails, make it, make it easier, make the polish stay on longer make the polish dry faster, the things that we want mm -hmm. without having to scrape the nail polish off mm -hmm. and be damaging to the nails. Cause we're about healthy nails. Um, but I think that, you know, you have to be fluid. You have to be fluid with your environment. You can't, you can't stay just, I'm only going to do this and I'm not going to listen to what, where the world is going or you won't, I don't think you'll, well, I wouldn't survive. I'm very fluid. Right. Yeah. So it's just important. Evolve yeah. or die. seems to be the theme yeah. of every industry right now. <laughs> um, how big is your team now? Uh, we have, uh, 10 people in our office and then we have a lot of consultants around, uh, around the country. And then we have, um, uh, freelancers that go into the stores. We have, uh, two Miraval spas there. Miraval is a five-star luxury property where you go for the week or the weekend. And we have a Deborah Lippman salon there. So I'll be doing a little work while I'm there training the girls. Uh, mm -hmm. but I will also be getting some stuff, you know, some emotional stuff put back into me after I'm drained <laughs> after award season. Oh, yeah. Um, but we have two of those. One is in Laguna beach and one is in Tucson and we're opening another one in Austin, um, uh, this spring. So that's exciting that I have my own salons that are owned and operated um, by really amazing people. But we, it's a collaboration. It's a collaboration, so I don't have to be there. Mm -hmm. I can continue to do the things that make me thrive. Yeah. When did you When did you start those? Uh, I think uh, the first one in Tucson has been at least six years now, mm -hmm. and uh, the one in Laguna Beach at the Monarch beach resort is three years. Mm -hmm. And you just saw an opportunity to, to extend the brand that yeah, way. Yeah, They approached me. We started being, uh, approached by like my vision for the brand initially was Barney's was mm -hmm. Neiman Marcus was those really luxury department stores. But what the more, um, people saw our polish, the more salons and spas that were luxury started calling us to, uh, be a part of that. And that's something that at the time was very unusual for luxury brands. Mm -hmm. You would not find Christian Dior in a 
in a salon or spa. And I'm a salon girl. So I was like, I said to my husband, I'm like, no, we have to open up this category. We have to open up this distribution to the right places, to the places that are, that are luxury. And so we started opening a lot of, um, a lot of beautiful salons around the world. And then, uh, Miraval approached me to like just our product in salons. And then Miraval approached me to bring my entire Deborah Lippmann manicure and my entire Deborah Lippmann service to their property. And so now it's, actual Deborah Lippmann salons. Yeah. It didn't, it was not something that I, you know, the whole thing, the whole thing isn't a happy accident. Right. (laughs) Still remains this day. Yeah. Do you think that that's important? It didn't talk about retail channels. You talked about home shopping network, the department stores. What are you always reconsidering where the brand is and, and the customer at the, on the other end of those retail channels? And how do you, how's that changed? Yeah. It's, um, you know, we, you have to fight the, um, we have been very, very true to our luxury distribution. Uh, and that's very difficult to do because you are often tempted by big, big, big uh, properties to um, take you on. And that means lots of dollar signs flashing in your eyes, as opposed to when you're in a luxury brand, there are not many dollars flashing in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self, if you didn't know that before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Little things I've learned along the way. Um no, but there have been, you know, many of the larger tea places or, you know, that want to do, that want to work with us, but mm-hmm. it would not be true to our core customer. It would not be, you would not be able to, exp- it's just not right for the brand, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it kills you in your gut. Right. And, and someone get you don't sell on Amazon or. and so it's it's about staying on brand staying on brand Uh, staying on brand and sometimes it's really hard to do right (laughs) you could go because i i mean you know i shop on amazon right (laughs) what like the partner have to do in order to uh, amazon or an equivalent if there is one in order to to sway you i think you know uh, i I wish i could figure that out because Mm -hmm. i'd love to do i you know it's not like i don't care for those places. Right. Um, we'd need to figure out some way to do some other product. I can't sell the exact same product in Amazon or target that I'm selling in Sephora because Amazon or target, that customer's not going to pay the price. It's going to be confusing for them. And especially the way they do their, you know, they, you'd be sitting next to a, a Revlon or a, you know, a two ninety nine. it's, it's too confusing. So right. we haven't been able to figure out a way to work with them. We'd love to figure out a way to work with them mm-hmm. and to not, um, disrupt this brand. Um, but to make something that's maybe slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think the definition of luxury for your, for your customers has changed and have you been sort of keeping an eye on that? I think that, well, that we, you know, we have now a lot more competition and mm-hmm. so the price points in luxury are, really varied in nail mm-hmm. um because i think like chanel might be 36 dollars a mm-hmm. bottle louboutin's 50 dollars a bottle mm-hmm. um you know but that packaging's major yeah You're paying for the yeah. that you know i mean i bought it yeah. i got i'm a nail girl i had, yeah. to, I had to have it you know i had to have one sitting it's um, about the competition right and, well it was it was more like i just have to have that because right. i'm a junkie <laughs> i'm a junkie and that's a major and i gotta have it um but i can't imagine my entire uh nail closet being full of them because mm-hmm. it's too, it's too big. Right. It's too big right? for me. So, um, I think that as I look at like my numbers, uh, women love my treatments. They love my cuticle treatments. They love the, you know, my files, my buffers, my cuticle oil. Those are my hand cream is like, uh, 
always at the top. Our nail polish remover is always at the top. When I started, you couldn't buy a nail polish remover in mm-hmm. luxury. Mm-hmm. You couldn't buy a cuticle remover in luxury. So um, we have so much opportunity to create new new products and innovative products and things that make your hands feel softer and younger and your feet feel like the, at the end of the day like not that they're throbbing and in pain with the mm-hmm. shoes that we wear right so you know we have a we have we have many 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 products up our sleeves that we just are putting out slowly and deliberately and um carefully mm-hmm. and our we talk a lot about brand loyalty uh in, in beauty and skincare people seem to want you know, they're a hero product in each, uh, from each brand, whatever they specialize in. Do you th- are they, are people more brand loyal when it comes to nails? I think they're brand loyal for the treatment products. Mm. Um, uh, I think that once they really understand that there's a difference in the formulas in the nail polish, that makes a big difference. But I think that, um, mostly they look at color mm-hmm. and t- unless they're really a nail girl and really understand nail polish and n- really understand, which is why I'm out there trying to explain mm-hmm. there is a difference in the quality. There is a difference in the formula. There is a difference in the brush. There is a difference in the outer package, um, that helps you use your polish easier. These are the things that I put into, you know, like, um, how many bristles I put into my brush, mm-hmm. how long the brush is, how long the stem is so that you don't have drippage. Like there's so many things that make your experience easier easier Mm -hmm. because I've been doing nails for so long and I know what makes you crazy when you go to take the brush out of the bottle and you get nervous. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that once women learn that about my brand, they become much more loyal to my color as well. Um, but I think that just the average person off the street just goes and picks a color. And when did you start? You do direct sales online. When when did you start doing that? I got to tell you, I got a brilliant brother. And in 1999, (laughs) um, we launched e-commerce. Wow. 1999, we launched e-commerce. That's a long time ago. It was a long time ago. (laughs) And so how has that experience evolved for the customer? Um, Oh, it's incredible. It's incredible now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and now we have, you know, we're available on on your smartphone and um, you're, we're available at all, all of our retailers on their digital. So it's the places that they can go and they can learn and that they can buy and they can just push and click and it'll be at their house. Is, so it, people like to buy nail polish amazing. online? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, our, our, our web business is big. Right. Our web business is big. Uh, and all of our, our doors, but our personal web business is grew 40% this year. Wow. So are you adding anything to the experience? I know we look a little like augmented reality. People want to try and try the colors in any way that they can while they're shopping online. Yeah, we, uh, we have some, we have some things coming up for the next year. We've got some amazing, uh, we have a partnership that we're working on that is going to take it to a level that's Disneyland crazy. Yeah. It's really, really, really exciting. But right. Too soon to talk about. And we're talking a lot about the, the, knowing the customer, no trusting your gut at the same time. Mm-hmm. Does that retail channel, is that providing the most insight into the customer? Like how do you follow her interests and in, in what she's buying and not buying? We, well, you know, we don't yet. Um, you know, I know a lot of brands are able to collect tons and tons of data. Mm-hmm. We can tell who clicks through and what she looks at and what she's interested in. And then we can follow her back a little bit and say, you know, we saw you were looking at this. Do you still want it? Um, what we're going to be able to do is in the future, hopefully, I think what everybody's looking at is to be able to say, you know, 
you like a pink lip, so I think I've got this new sort of berry nail polish that would coordinate with that mm-hmm. so well. And you can find that on like Big Brother on the internet. <laughs> like that information is out there. Right. We don't have access to it yet, but that's, you know, the kind of thing where you could just, someone could just help me, you mm-hmm. know, because sometimes you just look at yourself and go, what what do I, what do I need? What do I need? Yeah. What do it's I need? Just super personalized. Yeah. Uh, personalization is obviously the the key word. Uh, so as just in terms of staying relevant in considering the noise that's in the in the industry right now, what does a do you think there are higher standards for what a brand can do and, and has to be and and how are you um, staying on top of oh that? Oh my gosh, I think we. I mean, for me, it's constantly they're like, oh, Lippman's coming to the lab today. We're <laughs> gonna have to try to make it stay on longer and dry faster and have fewer chemicals in it and. Yeah, I think, you know, we are really moving into that wellness. That wellness thing is extremely, um, extremely popular. And so we are constantly working to make the polish as healthy as possible, as natural as possible, and to stay on to dry all the way to the bottom, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. stay on the nails for days longer, and then not to have to soak your cuticles and your nails in acetone to get it off. Right. So you think it actually starts with product development itself yeah. rather than the story that's sold to the customer. Yes. Yes. I mean, the marketing, I, I really want to make things better. Mm-hmm. I really want to make things better. And of course, then you have to do a marketing story, but we are constantly looking for ways to make it better for ways to apply it better. And, you know, and as a working manicurist, I try things, uh, you know, I work all the time. So I'm constantly trying different ways to use things, different ways to, um, to make it better. Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of like seasons and, and how many times per year you're, you're uh, releasing new colors, has that changed at all? Yeah, that has changed a bit. In the very beginning, we put two colors out in the summer, fall, holiday, and spring. And now we do three collections a year. And then we do a lot of box set that is just all has a kind of a beautiful feeling about it. We do a lot of kitting of products that have maybe your uh, cuticle cuticle treatments, the most important cuticle treatments in a boxed set. Mm. Because a lot of times people just want to, I just need all of this and give it to me all at once. (laughs) Like, let me just make it easier. Um, Now we do three collections a year. We do something in the spring, summer, fall. And then for holiday, we do a lot of boxed sets of, you know, fun, different packaging and fun, different colors that are right for the season. Right. What do you think is driving that need to have so many new so much more newness. Oh my gosh, we always want new, right. even though we buy the same color all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the same version, something right. something super clear. I mean, if I have one more nude pink <laughs> lipstick in my, but you know, you need it. You right. got to have it. Right. You got to have it. So I can't make an end when I really am. I mean, and to be, you know, not joking, but be being serious when you make, there are lots of versions of nude nail polish that I can make and oh, that I sure. haven't made yet after mm-hmm. 19 years. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, there's a lot of colors in the rainbow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and we're almost out of time, but as you are, you know, navigating this, this new landscape of, of, uh, beauty and wellness and, and all the competition and trying to figure out what the customer wants, what, what you feel is right for the brand. How are you looking at like creating this dream around the brand that that's existed for, for all these years, but, uh, pushing it forward at the same time? Um, I think we're really looking at more things to do on direct to consumer, Mm -hmm. um, so that we can really see what you want, not what 
the whole group of people who are your age or your coloring or what exactly do you want and how do we how do we get that information how do we get to you and find out exactly what you want and make it right for you mm-hmm. personalize the experience right and and so what does that mean and when you're in the lab thinking of what what color is next thinking why can't i make just one color per person right well what about customization yeah <laughs> You're like, what about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, we're, we're talking and working about that. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Well, yeah. it sounds like you have a lot yeah. of new stuff coming up. Are you just as hands-on with the brand as you always were? I'm very hands-on with the brand. <laughs> I get that impression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for coming in, Deborah. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. And in the meantime, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher and leave us any feedback you have. And a special thanks to Aditi Songol, the producer of this podcast. <laughs>